Well, Scott, somehow, against all odds, against all logic, we've done it. It is the 12th day of Christmas. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you. And I, I think it's a shame that we can't spend Christmas with our families, but it's too important to get this episode out to the people. Um, exactly. Gonna, uh, the kids will get their gifts tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. If they're still there. Yeah. Nobody's going anywhere anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's we have a pandemic and nobody's going anywhere. Every day's Christmas. Uh. Uh, <laughs> um, Sad. Yeah. Well, since it is the 12th day of Christmas, uh, I got you a little gift, which is 12 drummers drumming. Um, wow. But they seem to be a little late. So uh, Yeah, I've got car seats in the Honda. I'm not sure where they're going <laughs> to sit. Thank uh, you. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe I'll just cancel the order. Now it feels like a stupid gift. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've made you feel weird about it. I'm sorry. Well, but, you know, I thought for uh, for the final episode of our 12 Days of Christmas countdown, uh, visiting some Christmas classics, what better song to play on Christmas Day than Christmas Time is Here? Because mm. I'm a very literal-minded person, and yeah. Christmas Time is here. It's Christmas Day. Um, and we had the chance a few years ago to speak with Lee Mendelson, who was not only the producer of the Charlie Brown Christmas special, but also one of the writers of the now classic song from that Charlie Brown Christmas special, Christmas Time is Here. Yeah, and that that's one that, that I love to sit down on the piano and just sort of play. Those chords just feel right. The, the opening chords to that song feel like a roaring fire. Yeah, there's something about that soundtrack Vince Guaraldi did uh, for that uh, whole special that's just great. And, you know, at the time that that came out, it was considered super weird to use jazz yeah. music for like a children's uh, show. Yeah. And apparently the network kind of hated the whole Charlie Brown Christmas thing that, you know, Lee Mendelson produced in coordination with, you know, Charles Schultz and his whole team. And uh, they thought it was too religious. They thought it was the pacing was like weird. They thought it was weird to have actual children voice the right. characters because in those days cartoon characters even the child characters were voiced by adults and uh, the only reason the network aired it is because uh, it was too late <laughs> to change it and fix it and they had that time slot set so uh they aired it thinking it would just be a disaster and here we are all these years later it's still a classic isn't it funny to look back on that and to say yeah to have children voicing children, that would be weird. <laughs> right. Let's do the normal thing Who of having do adults do it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. Let's uh, do the normal thing of having adults just speak in <laughs> childlike voices. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's regular. Yeah. Uh, conventional wisdom. Um, but apparently when, when the Charlie Brown Christmas special aired, um, it was viewed by 45% of American households the the first wow. the first time I mean that's like half the country watched this thing and yeah. in, in fairness there were like three channels back then it's but true. but still to imagine you know half the country basically experiencing something in the same way at the same time it's like when people talk about seeing Elvis or the Beatles on Ed Sullivan yeah. you know we, we kind of don't really have that anymore where sort of everyone experiences you know this huge moment together right you know Geraldo opening Al Capone's vault you know <laughs> You you reference that often. I, I think do. that's really made an impression. It was a on seminal you. moment. Like I, <laughs> I stayed up for that. It's one of the great disappointments of my life. Um, but I've got a question for you, uh, and it, I don't know if it's answerable. Maybe it's just something to pause and consider as we listen to Lee. Um, but do you think that 
the music is so deeply nostalgic to us because it's associated with the film? Or is the film so classic and so wonderful because of the music itself? It's a, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg debate, wouldn't you say? Mm. I'm going to say it's a both and. <sighs> it really? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, it's I, a I both pose and. what I think is a, is a real, you know, question to consider. And you just come back and say both. Well, it's Christmas Day, and so I'm technically off today. Um, so <laughs> I don't really like want to think a lot. Well, it's true. We kind of want just just want the whole family to be happy. Can we just not argue for one day? <laughs> come on, people. All right, fair uh, enough. Well, Paul, Merry Christmas. It's been another great year here at Songcraft. Go pour yourself another uh, glass of eggnog, and let's get back to uh, to our families and celebrating uh, this important holiday. And we want to thank you guys out there um, for listening to us and uh, supporting us. And uh, we got a lot of great people who are part of the Songcraft family, and uh, it's so cool that we get to do this. Yeah, and if you happen to be listening to this on Christmas Day, you know, when it's done, go on back and hang with your family. I mean, it's Christmas. Yeah, unless they're arguing. In that case, hide in the bathroom and, you know, listen to every episode of Songcraft. I'm Lee Mendelson. Uh, apologize for the bad cold I have right now, but I um, was the producer of the 50 Charlie Brown specials and four Charlie Brown movies, including, of course, the Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, most of the soundtrack for a Charlie Brown Christmas, of course, is instrumental, but there is that memorable original song with vocals, uh, Christmas Time is Here, which you, know, you, of course, wrote the lyrics for, and uh, I'd just love to hear about how that came about. Um, when we looked at the quote-unquote final cut of the Christmas show, I felt it really got off to a very slow start. Hmm. And there was a beautiful melody that Vince Guaraldi had written for the skating scene. And I said to Bill Melendez, maybe I can find somebody who would put some lyrics to that. Hmm. Right. And I called around town, and everybody was busy or they weren't interested. So ironically, I just sat down at the kitchen table took out an envelope, I remember, I just sketched some words in that would fit the music, huh. and gave it to, to um, I wrote it in about five minutes, like you see, wow. when you talk to these different people, I guess, but <laughs> wow. handed it, I handed it to Vince Guaraldi, he had been working with the boys' choir, they recorded it, and got it in the last week of the show. So had, had you ever actually written song lyrics before? No. Wow. <laughs> that was the first one I had written. <laughs> well, not a bad first song. No, I know. It was very, very serendipity-like. Right, right. Now, I know that you were the, the producer of the Charlie Brown um, special. How did you first um, connect with, with Vince Guaraldi and get him involved? Because that music was so unique, you know, that you hadn't really seen that type of thing with animation before. I was doing a documentary on Charles Schultz back in 1963 
and I was trying to figure out what kind of music, and I was driving over the Golden Gate Bridge, and as I always do, I had the jazz station on. I'm a big lover of jazz. Right. And for the first time, I heard this song, Cast Your Fate to the Wind, hmm. which I said to myself as I was driving, that's the kind of music I think that would be good for this documentary. It's childlike, but it's also contemporary jazz. Huh. Sure, yeah. And um, I called Ralph Gleason at the Chronicle. I, he's a jazz critic at the time. And I said, do you know who this Vince Corrales is? And he said, yes, he lives here. He's in San Francisco. So Ralph arranged a breakfast for us, and uh, we hit it off right away. And about a week later, he called and said, I have this song i got to play for you before I forget it. And he played this song, and I said, what do you call these? He says, Linus and Lucy. And I said, I'll tell you, that is absolutely perfect. Christmas show two years later, uh, Mr. Schultz and Bill Melendez and I decided that it'd be fun to have all kinds of music, yeah, not just traditional music. Primarily, have Vince come back and do the main uh, bulk of the music for the special. And there's no doubt in my mind that that music was the key to our success. Wow. Yeah. Now I I understand that when the when the Charlie Brown Christmas special was was completed that nobody thought it was going to be a success because it was so it was so unusual compared to what had come before. We thought we'd ruin Charlie Brown. <laughs> it, it, it didn't work, and yeah. when we took it to the network. They didn't like it, and uh, they just thought it was too slow. It, you know, just in general, yeah. didn't like it. But um, I guess it was pretty unique at that time to have you know actual kids doing the voices and, yeah. and you know, having yeah. jazz, and, and it was just, people must have up, looked up at in, it. Up until that time, we don't think that people ever used kids' voices. They would be adults playing kids. Wow. And I'm almost sure we were one of the first to use jazz music. And, of course, the album just went, uh, I don't know how many platinums it is, but we just went through four million in sales. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And and probably that, because so many kids watch that every year, it probably has a, a big influence on introducing kids to jazz. That's probably the first time a lot of kids ever hear jazz is when they see that. I know a lot of the people that went on to be great musicians were inspired by it. Yeah. Uh, Wyndon Marcellus, as a kid, picked up on it. Uh, David Benoit, as a kid, picked up on it. Yeah. And there are probably hundreds and hundreds of others that got into that wave of uh, spontaneity that we call jazz because of the show, and that's always been uh, one of my favorite outcomes. You know, I don't think it was until the late 80s that uh, Patty Austin did a, a, a cover version of the song with vocals, um, uh-huh. and, and since then it's been recorded by, I mean, Tony Bennett, Mariah Carey, Al Jarreau, Diana Krall, everybody, yeah. you know, it's become it's become a Christmas standard. Yeah. Other than the, the original version that appears in the film, which I'm sure is close to your heart, do you have a, a favorite version of the song that you've heard? It's interesting. They're all so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I, it's hard to balance one against another, but I think somebody told me the other day it's been covered by over a hundred times. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, Diana Krall, of course, has a great jazz version. Christmas time is here. Happiness and cheer. Fun for all that children call their favorite time. 
snowflakes. Well, I've just been thrilled and obviously shocked that these famous people would end up recording our little cartoon written on the back of an envelope. <laughs> right. The day you became an accidental songwriter. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, we're just very grateful for the various relationships we've had through that music. Christmas time is here Happiness and cheer Fun for all the children call Their favorite time of year Snowflakes in the air Carols everywhere Olden time Christmas time is here 